Hello, guys, who do yoga and also erotic cooking. It is I, Glantantica, and I have taken over this humble <laughs> podcast in order to turn all those pitiful, filthy, fledgling homosexuals into straight, manly men. But I cannot do it alone. That's why I've brought on two disciples with suggestions on how to turn these muffin-loving hot dog carts into all-American bagels, just as Jesus wanted it. Oh, my God. First, first up, she was the one who tipped off the corporations they could make money off the gays during Pride. It's Amelia Big Dillia. <laughs> I just, I just want to uh, tell everybody about these uh, jade anal beads from my site, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, oh sorry, goop.com, that you can stick into your nose yoni, and it will instantly uh, turn you straight. And you can find these and other products on my Instagram at the Nefarious Navigator. God damn it. <laughs> You have to start you have to start introducing Amelia Labs. Next up, they invented a method that's only slightly more effective than gay conversion therapy. You bet your gay ass they invented the bottom friendly menu option. It's Row. Hello everybody. <laughs> My name is Roe. And if you want the best in in conversion therapy, might I suggest an ultra-aggressive course where we strap you down to a chair and play every episode of How I Met Your Mother back-to-back on repeat until you think that Barney Stinson is funny. So, man. And if that doesn't work, we can move on to the Big Bang Theory. (laughs) Some things are even too straight for God. Soulmate is a story about Moses, a dirty, naked maid for a hire with low standards and a happy trail who suffers from premonitions of the future. Not only do these visions show his soulmate, Devad, but they also warn of the imminent return of me, Glintantica, and I kill everyone, the end. If that sounds like your kind of movie... Then now it's your chance to go check it out, because me and these two admitted homo-haters are about to jump onto the spoiler boat and head out to the greatest of life's adventures, three people talking about a movie on a podcast. Toot toot! (laughs) Whoa! Whoa, no! It looks like they found the secret vagina I hid in Moses' urethra. I'm being defeated! (laughs) (laughs) I only have Nato are you okay (laughs) man I only have so many Darkberry Dr. Peppers left I only have like (laughs) six cases sorry I'm sorry I'm late to the podcast Um, did I miss anything uh, yeah, Glen Tantica did your intro for you. Spatuletta! Alright, well, let's just oh my God. <laughs> jump to it. What'd y'all think of Soulmade? 
Um, this movie is a gay fever dream. Yeah. <laughs> from the early 2000s. And part of me is like, you gross. And another part of me is like, I need to watch this on repeat for the rest of the week. I also want to quickly give a shout out to Bridget, who couldn't be with us, but uh, she was the one who introduced me to this movie. And I love her for it. We love you, Bridget. What did you do to us? <laughs> so I'm gonna hide. <laughs> gonna hijack this real fast because I I'm really fascinated that each part of this movie was almost pretty much like a different project. They had different writers and directors, so it's almost like a kind of anthology with uh, the same characters in it, uh, and you can kind of see the the exquisite corpse of this movie. Yeah, it did kind of feel the like they were course. just, the writers and directors were just given a prompt. <laughs> like, this is what's happening, and this is the part of the plot that you're at. Like, you're at the climax, or you're wherever, and just go for it. I don't know if they set out to write The Gay Exorcist, but that's <laughs> kind of what Oh, happened. that scene cracked me up. He's just <laughs> flinging from the fucking, like, the styrofoam soda cup. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about our, our 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 main our main two. Uh, let's tell me a little bit about Moses and David. So Moses has these seizures where he sees like these prophetic religious visions, right? And he, like, he knew he was going to meet David before he met David. And then they met and they, like, got together and became a thing. And then he starts having these visions of, like, <laughs> Glintantica. Glintantica. Who is <laughs> <laughs> apparently just a really evil straight lady who hates the gays. And sounds like she belongs in Charlie the Unicorn. <laughs> right? <laughs> So, like, Charlie is really interesting, I think. Like, they tried to... I think tried to go the mental illness route with him, which I think is really weird. But this movie does have, like, the early 2000s, like, PC humor can kiss my ass kind of vibe. Oh, yeah. So, like, in that content... In that context, like, the character they choices they made for Moses and other characters, who I'm sure we're going to be talking about in the future, um, are, like, they make sense. There's also this scene that I really like, it, just, uh, with Moses and David. The first time they meet in p person, Moses just, like, basically, like, jumps and glomps on him and just, like, makes out with him, like... For what seems like forever, and they have like a flashback to it later on, but they like refilmed it, which I thought was like really great with like a spotlight on it. And I'm like, it could have been so easy just to like just flashback to that like one shot that you already had, but like it's the little things, you know. <laughs> I also really like how David, our love interest, kind of becomes the protagonist as the movie goes along. They kind of you know switch roles uh, at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that I had was that really same cool. Feeling <laughs> like you don't see. I that. was like, it's it's really interesting when you watch a movie and then halfway through the movie you're like, wait a minute, who's the main character? 
<laughs> and it's almost like, it's almost like the story in reverse because it ends with him trying to get with who he thinks is his soulmate, uh, but who his soulmate happens to be straight, you know, or at least like perceived straight. The goatee does not look straight, though. I'm sorry. Um, not not in no, the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. She calls him and she says, "No, he's not. Definitely not straight. He has a goatee." <laughs> I also want to mention that, like, without context, like the last chapter is just the creepiest thing. <laughs> of Actu- just, like, actually, though, <laughs> a gay guy going to. <laughs> Uh, a coffee shop and just like excessively buying coffee because he has a crush on someone like with no other context like mm, I'm so glad we have context high school me might have <laughs> engaged in similar behaviors it's it's weird that that makes like Moses's first attack on David where he just like turns around and he's like the sponges were right <laughs> <laughs> like it's weird that David's approach to Moses makes Moses' approach to David look, like, semi-normal. <laughs> and, like, reasonable. And they also, that actually reminds me, they also switched, like, uh, viewpoints because David originally was, you know, science and technology and numbers person, uh, he's the person who really, like, uh, suggested that Moses, like, seek like help uh, get medication for their seizures and stuff like that but at the end they're the one who is like in uh who has like a belief system he even goes to church to get help uh for the exorcist and stuff like that so it's so basically the it's like an inverse character arc almost for both of them or inner i guess like a mirrored uh character arc for both of them and another thing about them because like i i I feel like out of all the movies we watch this one absolutely the crux of this movie fell fell on david and moses and their ability to sell their relationship uh and what it could go through so like uh this is coming from me (laughs) I did not expect to have emotions while watching this movie. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> and David just keep try, keep on trying and trying and trying in the coffee shop with Moses and to to remind him like who he is and stuff like that. And I'm just like, why is this a sad movie now? <laughs> this is supposed to be a funny movie. At least it was only a sad movie for all of like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moses got fifty first dates. <laughs> yes <laughs> I think that's actually one of the good things about having like a director per chapter is because I don't think the director of chapter one you know could have got the emotions out of me in chapter four I agree but I really but also chapter one was like fantastic in its own right like if that makes sense but it's just like a different kind of thing it's like um, asking Michael Bay to direct, well, that's a bad example because he did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, It's like asking David Lynch to direct a Teletubbies movie. No, that doesn't make sense. You know what I'm... 
I, I, I would love that. to see a David Lynch Teletubbies movie. Yeah. He, he I am saying, <laughs> putting that energy different. out into the universe. <laughs> but I get what you're saying, though. Like, different directors have different perspectives and viewpoints and are able to pull from different experiences to inform the actors. I think that also speaks to the actors as well and their ability to kind of, like, adapt to each director. Um. This is like so. Every chapter had a had a different director. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're, you're saying? Yeah. That's that's really interesting. It felt way too cohesive, though. Like a lot of the writers were the directors as well, though. So like they kind of like intermixed. That makes sense. Um, and it's an interesting way to make a movie, though. I really like that idea. Let's move on and talk about Ruth, Moses' roommate, and a magic vagina have her. Um, oh, Ruth. Was she annoying? <laughs> was she annoying or the most yes. punk? Or both? No. Just annoying. Very annoying. <laughs> Much annoying. How annoying. Wow. One of the only two uh, female actri- actresses. It's just she seems yeah, like... Yeah, it's her and the barista lady at the end, right? That's it. <laughs> yeah. Wow! Way to have a gay movie with no women. How revelatory. How revolutionary. Such vision. Such vision. <laughs> vision. <laughs> tell, tell, tell me about Ruth. And why you don't like her? She just felt a little too forced. Um, like, I kind of saw what they were going with, but instead of it coming off as authentic, right, um, it just <sighs> felt forced. Like, I feel like John Waters does those kind of, like, grotesque, almost satirical uh counterculture like punk like edgy characters so much better and more effectively this just seemed like i don't know edgy for the sake of kind of being offensive and ruffling feathers but not done in a funny way (laughs) yeah ruth is what i was referring to when i was saying that this movie has kind of a pc culture can kiss my ass feel yeah one thousand (laughs) percent so you could say they were going for like a mink stole, but they ended up with a theater kid who just learned how to say fuck, kind of. Precisely. Situation. Yeah. Or sing fuck, depending on the play. It's uh, like <laughs> it's like a fanfic writer who puts the word fuck in like every other sentence because they can. Like I adore how foul she is, <laughs> like because not even Tiffany from Eating Out was like this foul uh mouth or like devil may care at points. I don't think she's like a, I think she could have used like maybe a few revisions, maybe some something besides like being obsessed with her ex to help define her, uh, which she gets back with at the end. And overall, like I think she was fine in my opinion. That's just me, but I think that like she very much felt like she was an accessory. Yeah, I think accessory is a good way to put it. It's just. It's weird to me whenever writers put a character in who's, like, story-adjacent but really only cares about themselves. Because, like, that was her whole character motivation. Like, every scene she was in, she's like, I need you to stop for a minute and think about how your, effect- your actions 
And, like, your issues and your depression are affecting me. To be fair, she did have the one good point to where he wasn't paying rent. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... (laughs) That one was fair. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but counterpoint, um, kill your landlord. (laughs) Legally, legally speaking... Joke. joke. Definite joke. This was a joke. Do not kill your landlord. <laughs> we at the Gay Echo Podcast do not support any form of revolution, rioting, or killing of landlords. <laughs> and that's what uh, we're going we to stick to. We do um, endorse the public shaming of landlords, though. So, uh, publicly shame your landlord today. <laughs> uh, so... Let's talk about everyone's favorite, Glentantica, one of the greatest villains we've seen on the show, because she's an actual villain. <laughs> uh, first, how how normal is it for someone who hates LGBT folk uh, to own an LGBTQIA plus nightclub? I mean, I feel like it's probably a lot more common than people think. <laughs> because we live in the hellscape of capitalism and people will try to make money off of anything. (laughs) True. (laughs) I think that's one of the three things that's realistic for me in this movie. Where is she on the villain scale for you? Like, is, is this like Disney ripoff or like puppet from the read along at your local library? Puppet from the read along, just based on voice alone. <laughs> but she does, does have the power to harness the magic vagina though it's true this is true like when's the last time you saw a puppet in the library harnessing the power of a magic vagina i mean we don't know what's underneath those puppet skirts that <laughs> your hand goes up <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I did not. I do lots and lots of padding. (laughs) (laughs) I think I I think Glintantica. Like I, I love the quotability of this movie. Uh, A Glintantica is like a big reason for. I will say about halfway through this movie, I just started going. Pussy, 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 vulva, vulva, pussy, 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 vulva, vulva. I could not stop. <laughs> like probably for the rest of the night, I will just be like dancing around the house, going pussy, 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 <laughs> and my roommates are gonna be so confused. I'm like, wait a minute. My boyfriend already you, thinks that I'm weird. He's about to be like. <laughs> I also think that fun villains are, you know, undervalued for some reason in the gay films we watched. Uh, and the fact that we never see her actual face, just a cartoon, makes me really want that to come uh, true if we ever get, like, a soulmate, too. Like, there's a face reveal. It's like, Bianca... Surprise! It was me the whole time! (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? Like, this... I I think this movie could have easily just, you know, been another movie... Where it's like, is it just me? Very sort of low key romance movie, 
but they they did go that extra mile to like make it interesting, make it unique, make it stand out visually and sort of like with its voice and its comedy and its ideas. It went there with the idea of having like an evil sponge or evil like um possessed sponge, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm surprised they did never like thought to do is to get like some actual like conversion therapy gaze to show up and be like, please let me into your born again straight cult. I <laughs> want to love vagina so badly. <laughs> How many movies can you say that you that you, you you felt someone sitting out in Chicago or wherever, like, you know, ninety, hundred degree weather just stapling sponges to a giant cross and the neighbor looks over the fence and asks them what they're doing and they say oh it's okay we're doing a scene where we turn gay people straight and the neighbor just like turns around and leaves (laughs) (laughs) oh man I will say there's one nitpick I have just from like a graphic design thing, they way overuse the um you know, you know the symbol for uh a male for bathrooms? You know that symbol? Yes. They way overuse that in their graphic design. It is in everything. It's in the coffee, it's in the maid service, it's in the straight uh gay to straight service thing. <laughs> Like it is. Yeah, it, you're right. It is in everything. Thing. Yeah, I didn't even notice that until you said it. But you're right. Some it's f- like they subliminally want people to know that this movie might be gay. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. This, what? this wasn't a heterosexual movie. No, you might, you'd be forgiven for thinking that. But actually, it's just a bunch of gay people running around going, pussy, 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 vulva, vulva. I'm shocked. <laughs> Truly. So what did, what did you think of the pacing of this movie? Since it cut it into, like, chapters, and each chapter maybe wasn't mm-hmm. the same length, do you think that this movie moved along pretty briskly, or did it kind of, like, lag for you? Like how was the how was the ride? I enjoyed it. Um, felt- I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ro. No, no, no. You first. You first. I was just gonna say, like, I felt like the fact that it was kind of cut up into chapters like that, and uh, each chapter very clearly had its own style because um, it had its own writer and director. It kept the movie kind of fresh for me. Um, and kept my attention a little bit more. Um, I think, especially with this being obviously like a lower budget film. Not something that I would consider, like, particularly, like, well-written and or well-paced if it had all been in one go. I think doing it the way they did actually, like, helped that a lot. Yeah, I was going to say, it felt long, but, like, I don't think there was anything wrong, really, with the pacing. It just felt long because it's an hour and a half long. Do you think this is more on the side when it comes to sort of like quality and entertainment value, more towards Yeti or more towards like eating out one or eating out four? 
I, I would say closer to, like, eating out four. Like, if the makers of Eating Out had tried to make a film like Yeti, it probably would have turned out something like Soul Made. Yeah, I could see that. I'm okay with that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> What do you think are the major negatives of this film for you? Um, actually, before we get to that, um, there there are some there's some language in this. Uh, there's a lot of language in this, <laughs> mostly English. I don't know. There's some there's some derogatory terms and sort of like bad explanations for why they're using it. Uh, specifically when it comes to uh, a Jewish guy that he knew by, back in high school. Uh, that I just wanted to say, no, bad. <laughs> no, bad. Very bad. Yeah. This this movie is trying so hard to be edgy in places. And it, really, it just, like, overshot the mark. It really like, just feels forced. Very, very forced in its edginess. I mean, I did laugh. I did admittedly laugh at the joke where, like, he's having the hallucination, and David says that he's like uh, the Leibovitz kid from Track, and that he, you know, it's a big conspiracy that he's been trying to track him down this entire time. I got a laugh out of that, admittedly, but um, I don't think the lead up to that was very interesting uh, because it yeah. just came down to, oh, I'm not Jewish. But I dated a Jewish once. You know, I mean, it, this... Mm, unless you marry their mother, like, it's done the same thing. I, I felt like this movie had, like, a couple of funny moments. Like, I definitely laughed, you know, at parts. But overall, it just felt very forced. I laughed a lot. I like, I like this movie. <laughs> I will say. I think my notes are mainly just, like, quotes. Like, the sponges were right all along. <laughs> um... Oh, the sponges. I googled her. That's another thing. This is in 2007, and like a big plot point of this movie is Googling. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's very I true. I can't be atheist. I believe in Google. <laughs> <laughs> so Google is wrong? Maybe stuff like that. <laughs> Maybe you should switch to de decaf. Oh, man. That humor felt so topical even today. It really did. I want that song as a ringtone. I like the opening song. The opening song reminded me of being in a Mario dungeon. Can we just say that it's really refreshing to have, like, an intro sequence in, like, a literal low-budget film? Yeah. Yeah! Somebody took the time out of their day to actually produce, like, a decent opening credits. It's like, good for you. You did a great job. Fit the idea. Uh, the motion tracking was pretty good. A plus. I love that at one point they ran out of body parts to print people's names on the dude, so they just started putting them on the floor instead. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is are the strongest aspects of this film? I think the like the disconnect between the visual language to me read as like 
like every director had their own style, but it was fairly consistent in that all four parts felt like a weird gay fever dream. Mm-hmm. So like the consistency with the inconsistency in the visual style, I guess, was really interesting to me. I'm like I'm like, what is the honestly the strongest thing in this? Um this is how little you like this movie. No, no, no. I didn't dislike this movie. Um, I think, honestly, like, the... I think the way they broke it up was one of the biggest strengths because, you know, I'm sure, like, they they knew how, like, doing it all in one go would read and they went with a different solution that I think worked really well for this particular movie. What do you think it is the biggest kind of negative? The Something... That the filmmakers hopefully like took and grew from grew with from this film. Honestly, we talk about a lot on this podcast how movies are a product of their time, and this movie I don't think, in terms of like characterization and language and humor has aged all that well. Are you saying they couldn't make a gay Brooks movie today? No, they totally could, but, like, <laughs> I think... <laughs> <laughs> I think having having a side character who's, like, intently fixated on, like, non-consensual sex and how good she perceives it to be... Like, there are ways to tell that kind of story, and the way that they chose to do it is not it, fam. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I think for me it would have to be, uh, I hope, like, I think, you know, the character development for the most part was very lacking. Um, I hope that was definitely improved upon in subsequent films by the directors. Um, you know, I think aside from like the roommate and Glenda- Glendactica. Glendantica. 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 Spatuletta. <laughs> spatuletta. Okay, but Glendantica Spatuletta is definitely my new drag name. <laughs> <laughs> Only the real will know. <laughs> Only the real. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think we interrupted you. No, no, no. I mean, that was that was it. I think okay. just going forward, I hope that, you know, obviously that that was a skill that was honed in on a little bit more, which I'm sure it was, unless they're Jeff Linden. Um, <laughs> Soon. Soon. <laughs> Aren't you excited, Amelia? You already had to watch this year's Jeff London Week movie already. <laughs> hey, calm down. I... Calm. calm now you calm. have to watch it again. The man calm. is an auteur, okay? He that, is an that, auteur. That, that is next week. We are still talking about these auteurs right now. Um, so this is obviously a film that was very low budget. From what I could tell, it's made by a bunch of friends. Um, didn't seem to do that well, but did get like, um, you know, distribution, which is amazing. Congratulations. Um, what do you think is sort of like, if you were a queer filmmaker, 
not saying that you aren't, but just like you, know, you are a hypothetical queer filmmaker that I've just made right now. Like, your name is Devin, um, and uh, and you're watching this film. What is the biggest thing that you, Devin, can take away from this? I think, like with a lot of the other um, low-budget films that we have seen, like, you know, Yeti, A Love Story, um, even Jeff London films, honestly, Bruce LaBruce for sure, um, you know, it just really drives home kind of that you don't need a massive budget and, like, all this, you know, insane amount of, like, studio backing and support to... Just make a movie with your friends that, you know, might become a cult hit. Who the fuck knows? Like, you know, you just got to go for it. Oh, absolutely. Our direction on a budget is a marvelous skill to have. To line the walls with dirty sponges is interesting to look at. It's not expensive to do. All you got to do is rub some black paint into a sponge or rub some red paint into a sponge and staple it to a wall. And bam, you have a very interesting looking wall for not a lot of money. It's like the same principle, right, as the thong dress from Priscilla Queen of the Desert. Yeah. Just go to Walmart, buy a whole bunch of thongs, and make a dress. Doesn't cost more than, I don't think, seven or eight dollars, that dress. With the matching handbag and headdress, you know? Yeah. It's a, It's all about what you're able to do with the money you have and thinking outside the box to make something that's visually interesting. All right. Well, you know what? I think Soul Made might just be one of those films that's like... I'm glad we covered just because I don't think it'd be covered that much elsewhere and it's a cute little movie to me but i think y'all should sum up your thoughts because i'm not you and me speaking for you would be very weird um amelia did this movie make you want to start your own cult of confused gay kids or have a vagina inside of your nose well i don't know if you know this nato but uh in fact, one of my biggest dreams and aspirations in life is, in fact, to start a cult. Um, but in I all will seriousness, join your cult. no cap. <laughs> let's go, vulva, vulva, pussy, 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 But yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, this you know, this movie was bizarre enough and it you know made me laugh enough that I would I would say watch it. It's worth like at least one watch. I love Glendantina Glendact the that one. Spicheletta. Glentantica. 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 Yes. Her voice is probably going to be an earworm in my head for like the next couple of weeks. I'm probably going to be running around work being like Glentantica and people are going to be like what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Her voice reminds me of the main character from First Period. Yeah. So, Ro, uh, did this movie make you want to keep all of the sponges you've used, bacteria and all, because of art? Or does this movie make you want to grow a goatee and work in a coffee shop? Um, 
the idea of growing a goatee is like repulsive to me <laughs> and is coming from a person who is able to grow like a full face of hair. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, this movie is all right. I mean, it's definitely worth a watch. Um, if you can get over the whole, you know, um, PC culture can go to hell aspect, but, like, it's, it was interesting to see, like, it's not a lot like other movies that we usually watch, and that was really refreshing, I think. Anyway, wasn't my Glintantica impression just really good for once, like, of the impression? Actually, it was! I was gonna say at the beginning of the episode, like, I'm... Actually, surprised that we got a good impression out of NATO. <laughs> One. Anyway, that's what we think, but if you've seen this movie or end up watching it later, we'd love to hear your thoughts and your experiences with it. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Gankapod. That's J-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. While you're there, why not suggest another movie for us to watch in the future? We're always looking for new suggestions, and we can't wait to experience more movies with you. I'm Neo Kitch, and I am just here to remind you that... Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? Glintantica. <laughs> Why have a vagina inside of your nose when you can have a nose inside of a vagina? Am I right, ladies? <laughs> Farewell! <laughs> Goodbye! Bye. We've said too much! <laughs> <laughs>